things real quick before I jump right in. I'm not going to waste any of your time. That the next two weeks, I'm inviting you especially to come out and be here over the next two Sundays because God's doing something amazing. He has shifted something. I'll say it this way, that our church has blossomed more fully into the fullness of what God wants to do in our future. Amen? And so some things are changing, some things are happening, and I want to share it with you openly in public so you can join your heart with what God's doing and get involved. (sighs) Man. And so make sure that you get out these next two Sundays to hear what's on your pastor's heart and what God's speaking to the leadership of this church. We're going to jump into two Vision Sundays, the next two Sundays. Today we're finishing our all-in series. Have you guys enjoyed the series so far this month? I was like, courtesy, applause, whatever, I'm moving on. This series is all about going from being a spectator to a participant in what God has for you and for me and for all of us together. Week one, we talked about being a church that shows up. Are you a church that shows up? We're a church that shows up around the presence of God. We're a church that shows up for each other in relationship. We're a church that shows up in our community for the needs and the desperate cry in our community that only Jesus can solve. Amen? Week two, we talked about being a person, being someone's someone, because God has put you in someone's life so that you can say, you know what, something crazy is happening at my church, and you should come see it, even just for the entertainment value of all the crazy stuff that's going on. Just come experience Jesus with me. And I challenge you to be inviting friends. How many of you invited friends to church in the last couple weeks? Come on, don't be ashamed. Come on, okay, so just a few. That means there's a lot more of you that didn't listen to your pastor. I said, get on your phone, text your friend, and say, you got to come and see what God's doing in my church. Will you do that this week if you haven't done that yet? Okay. Last week, we talked about serving, that you belong here in the story of what God is doing, whether you're brand new and just got here, or whether you grew up here like some of us, not me, but some of you, uh, you might have grown up here like Joel, and, uh, and no matter if this is your first day with us or your 1,000th day with us at church, this story belongs to you too. And what God wants to do includes you too. Listen to me now. Who you are and what God put in your heart is valuable, significant, and needed in the story of what God wants to do in this place. Amen? And so don't let any lie come into your mind or your heart and tell you that you don't belong here, that you're not good enough, that if they only knew the things that you've been a part of or done or mistakes you've made, that that they would reject you, that you wouldn't be worthy of it. Listen to me. We've all of us sinned and fallen short. We've all of us showed up today in desperate, complete, 150% need of Jesus and his grace at work in our lives to compensate for the mistakes that we've made, myself included. And so you belong here. You are valuable here. We love you here. We are so glad that you're here. Aren't we, church? And, uh, and this week, you become a Jedi master. Um, no, but I, I want to talk about leading, but I'm not going to talk about it in any way, shape, or form the way that you probably think I would. In fact, I, w- I need to admit to you that I've often made fun of or, or joked about the people who get up and say, you know, I had a great message, and then the Holy Spirit last night just interrupted and said, don't preach that and do something else. And I'm like, whatever, that's just undisciplined, you know, people who whatever, immaturity. Well, guess what? I had this cute little leadership message with these three points, and I was going to preach out of Nehemiah, and if you got my weekly email, you've been lied to because I'm not doing any of that stuff. Because I just, you know, when I got down to it, I I just, I realized I had put together something that was cute and helpful in some ways, and I'm not saying don't study leadership and all that, but 
I realized that what I had prepared did not carry with it the presence and the power of Jesus, and I don't want to ever get up here and not give you that as best I can, as much as I can. I want to give you a fire hose of Jesus this morning. And what I had before wasn't that, and so I, I scrapped it, I jettisoned it, and I said, no, Jesus, give me something else, and I feel like I got a download from heaven that I'm going to give you in 20 minutes or less uh, this morning. So forgive me, I don't have many slides because the slides I sent are no longer useful. Kyle, just take the rest of the day off. You can just hang out. I don't have any funny openers. I just want to give you the presence and the power of Jesus this morning. Amen. Jesus, show up in this place. Your presence, your power, not my words, not my ideas, none of it. God, all you this morning in Jesus' name. This is what I want to give you, my, my thesis right away, right off the bat. My, my one-sentence premise, if there's one thing you can walk away from today, this is what I want it to be. That in order to lead and influence in your areas, in your circles, and in our day, you need nothing more than to receive in the presence of Jesus everything he has for you. And then to walk in the power that is at work at you, in you. The power that is in at work. English, right? The power that is at work in you is enough. For you to lead and make a difference and make a change in whatever circle God calls you to make a change in. Amen? And so let's dive into the scripture this morning. I want to read a big old chunk of the Bible because it's good for us. Hallelujah. And, uh, and we're going to be in Mark 4. Uh, at the tail end of Mark 4, going into Mark 5, because these stories kind of run together. And um, we're going to jump right into Mark 4, 37. You can read along with me, or you can just listen, either way. Um, now, in Mark 4, uh, right before these verses uh, that I'm going to read to you, you need to know that Jesus and the disciples just got done feeding the 5,000 men, and, and then all of their women and children that were there as well. And uh, what Jesus did is he, he did a miracle. He took a couple pieces of bread and a couple small fish, and he fed a whole stadium full of people. Now, if that wasn't enough, Jesus, you know, I, I love it. I love how Jesus works because he's like, you know, I could just let him sit there and kick back and go, wasn't that cool to be a part of that? But what Jesus does instead is he goes, let's go to the next miracle. Let's go to the next part of the story and build momentum. And so it says they climbed into a boat to go to the other side of the lake. And soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. But Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat. It's hilarious. I love that part. He had his head on a cushion, and the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the, and the waves and said, Silence, be still. Maybe your translation says, Peace, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped. There was a great calm. And when he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. It says, they said, who is this man? They asked each other, even the wind and waves obey him. Go into Mark 5 now. So they arrived at the other side of the lake. I guess the rest of the boat ride was pretty much silence. <laughs> right? Who is this guy that even the wind? It was cool when he took, turned the bread and the fish into a feast. But then we got in the boat and saw thunderclouds, and we thought, oh, no, and waves started crashing into the boat, and we thought, this is it. The, the feast was the last thing we were ever going to see. And then Jesus stood up and said, peace be still. And then they said, well, it went from being cute to being scary. And so the rest of the boat ride was of no consequence. The, the writer here says, they got to the other side of the lake, and in the region of the Gerasenes, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. 
listen to me now, this man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. And verse 4, it says, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he was often, because everyone else in the towns around him were terrified of this guy, it says he snapped the chains with supernatural strength and, and snapped the shackles from his wrist and smashed them. No one was strong enough to subdue him, it says. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. You thought the Bible was PG, but now we got Hannibal Lecter and, and the, the exorcist happening all at once in your Bible. And you're like, you thought Jesus was sitting like on a rock with a, a, a sheep and a child on his knee with a halo. And now you're like, whoa, what's going on? Jesus has showed up on his, like George Washington on his boat, you know, and got off on the other side of the lake. And here's this crazy demon-possessed man. I love preaching the Bible to y'all. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. How many, how many of you know the disciples are like, "Woo! we just got away from the storm. Now we're in this scary place that we don't know. And there's a guy who's naked who normally cuts himself with stones, who shrieks and howls among the gravestones. And now he's running full speed at us. Let's get back in the boat. I'd rather be in a storm than get beat up by a naked crazy man, right? Verse 7, with a shriek. I wonder if I could just get a little crowd participation this morning. Who thinks they could do a good shriek for me? Anybody? Come on, just wave at me. Somebody can do a shriek. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, we got a shriek right here. Give me a shriek. Give me a shriek. Come on, hey, real quick. I, the, the sooner you do it, the sooner I'll leave. Somebody got a shriek for me. Okay, all right, all right, all right. That, that's good enough. He lets you off the You owe this guy, like, Lunch at Bill Gray's later or something. Thank you, Ed. Don't ever do that again. Okay. <laughs> with, a, with a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? <laughs> wow. In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said, You ever tell a story and forget a part? And then you're like, by the way, this other thing happened. John Mark's telling us here. For Jesus had already said to the spirit within the man, come out of the man, you evil spirit. See, Jesus met the man and said, this isn't the man that I love, that I created. This is some other voice. This is some other presence. Come out of him right now, Jesus said. And the voice responded, don't torture me, son of God. Jesus has this conversation. I'll skip a few verses just for time. He, he says, who are you? He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And, and they have this back and forth, and they basically say, look, there's a herd of pigs over here. Rather than send us anywhere else, let us go into the pigs, and we'll be good. And Jesus says, fine, whatever. I don't like bacon anyway. And um, it's a Jewish joke. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> forget it. And, uh, and it says there was a bluff nearby. The pigs, when they were filled with the evil spirits, ran off the cliff and committed suicide and, and died there. And the herdsmen, who, who these pigs belonged to, was like, it was their bacon, you know what I mean? Or like, what just happened? The scary naked guy just like shrieked, and now our pigs are running. We got to get out of here. We, we need backup. They go to the town to get their friends. And the, a crowd soon gathered in verse 15 around Jesus. They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed, perfectly sane. And they were all, like the disciples, afraid. So afraid that in the next few verses, they actually beg Jesus, please leave. Because sometimes when Jesus shows up, crazy stuff happens. 
and you don't know how to explain it, and you're not sure what to do with it, and you say, God, please leave, and Jesus won't ever force his way into your heart. He will come when you say, please come. He will stay if you say, stay. And if you say, Jesus, please go, he'll go. And so Jesus was getting back into the boat with the disciples. But the man who had been demon-possessed, listen, I don't want to call him the demoniac every day. Let's just let's call him Fred. I don't, th- I don't know any Freds in church, and if you're Fred, you know, sorry. Um, Fred begged to go with him, to go with Jesus. The man who 30 minutes ago was cutting himself, howling, screaming, terrifying everyone in the area, now fully sane, fully healthy, fully whole, fully the man he was meant to be and created to be, says, Jesus, can I go with you? But Jesus says, no. Read my 12-step discipleship program first. Is that what he said? No, you can't come with me. Go to seminary first. No. Clean up your life a little more first. No. First, read your Bible. First, memorize a few worship songs. Then you'll be ready to be a good little Christian. Is that what Jesus said? No. He says, no. Go back to your family. Go back to your family. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit not only his family but the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Can we just give Jesus some worship for a few moments this morning? Jesus, you have that kind of power and authority to take someone who is totally out of their minds and restore them to health and wholeness. Jesus, you have that kind of power to quiet a storm in every storm of our lives. You are that powerful and that good, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. Listen, that word proclaim, I've just, I've, I've just got a little bit more here. The word proclaim is the Hebrew word keruso. It means to pronounce. It's a verb. It's a herald to proclaim in the manner of a herald, always with gravity and an authority which must be listened to. How many of you know Fred wasn't just getting coffee with his friends and going, hey, want to hear something crazy, you know, one-on-one, quietly. Fred was going town to town, street corner to street corner, going, I used to be the guy that your teenage kids used to tell the story about on Halloween night. And now I'm here to tell you that Jesus came into my life. He stepped onto the shore of my captivity spiritually, broke every chain off of my life, set me free, and I'm here to tell you about his mercy. Oh, God, step under the shore of our hearts this morning. The ten towns spoken of here are the influential Roman cities known as the Decapolis, pagan cities that resented the Jews because they were always trying to convert them. You guys are always trying to turn us into good little Jews. We, we don't want anything to do with that. We're pagans. We're happy. Like, just picture like Vikings or something, right? The Decapolis was a dark and unwelcomed land to Jews. So when the disciples landed there, they were already a little like, we're headed to the rough part of town, right? Little did they know that when Jesus stepped foot on that place, he declared, I'm the light of the world. I've come to be the light in the midst of darkness. You don't have to live in darkness anymore. You can follow the light that leads to life. And he displayed it in this man's life. But they said, Jesus, please leave, right? Well, wouldn't you like to know what happened just a couple chapters later? If you've never put these two chapters together, we're in Mark 5. But in Mark 7, Jesus returned to the area of the ten towns, the same area, the Decapolis, the same area where they had said, Jesus, you just, you just killed all our bacon. 
please leave. Now, two chapters later, they've heard the testimony of Fred and all the things God has done in his life. And now, instead of begging him to leave, they're begging him to heal. And Jesus heals a blind man in front of all of them. And now there's this following of hunger and desperation. And if Jesus can do that for Fred, what can Jesus do for me? And they show up hungry, begging him now to touch their lives. How many of you know Fred became a leader? And all it took was one encounter with the presence and the power of Jesus. The presence and the power of Jesus is all we need. Oh, man, what can I skip here to get to the good stuff? You thought of it? <laughs> Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> oh. See, stop on the Holy Okay, all right, well. Thank you, Ed. Ed, just give me permission to ruin your lunch. <laughs> now you owe them lunch, Ed. Just kidding. Why well, talk about this story on a week that I'm going to talk about leading and leadership? That's an easy answer. One encounter with Jesus changes everything. And if you encounter Jesus, you experience his power to calm any storm, his authority that evicts every unhealthy voice and evil intention that's trying to keep you chained up, his compassion that crossed every lake and crossed from heaven to earth to come and get you and rescue you. His freedom that gives you a miracle story to tell. And that story gives you influence wherever you are. I told you a couple weeks ago, right? A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. And I don't want to give you arguments this morning. I don't want to give you good things to debate your friends with. What I'd rather you have is an experience when you say, I know what you're going to say, but before you say that, let me just tell you, I have an experience. Jesus showed up. I was crazy then. I'm sane now. I was naked then. I've got clothes now. I didn't have anything to say. All I could do was shriek and howl. Now I've got a story to tell of God's goodness. And I'm here to tell you that story. And that story will give you influence wherever you go and wherever God wants you to be. That's why a few fishermen and tax collectors and other men with zero worldly authority and influence were able to turn the entire world upside down because they showed up with the presence and power of Jesus. They showed up not only to proclaim the gospel, but to demonstrate it in everyone's midst. And when you demonstrate the gospel through prayer and healing and signs and wonders, and maybe it's not just like, you know, someone without an arm, their arm like grows back. Maybe it's like my heart was a mess and I didn't know where to turn or what to do. And God did a miracle. Listen, that is just as much a miracle. Listen, the three baptisms we saw this morning, they are three miracles no matter what the details of the story are. And so when God gives you a story, you better tell somebody. We need to proclaim some things in our day so that this generation can see and know God. We are living in a day where much of culture is turned away from God. In fact, I'd be willing to bet many, especially of our college friends here, when you first got invited to come to church, you had a thought of what that was going to be like. And I know you showed up today and got something different because <laughs> we're a different kind of church, right? And when you're talking to your friends and your neighbors, they're going to have that veil. Hey, come to church with me. Meh. Church. Bleh. Meh. But if you turn to them and say, hey, you know, come encounter Jesus with me. Because every Sunday we, we sing some songs, we do this and that something happens, and the atmosphere becomes electric, 
And all of a sudden, what was impossible before becomes possible. And we've got story after story after story in this church, don't we? Of people whose lives fell apart, people whose lives were broken, and they didn't know where to turn. They turned to Jesus and his presence and his power. His presence and his power reached them, restored them, reconciled them. Mm. So I could have stood up here and told you, leaders take risks and leaders finish what they start. Amen. Let's go be leaders. But how many of you know that if Fred were here previous to his experience with Jesus, that wouldn't change anything about his life and that wouldn't meet any, any need that he has. What we need is the presence and the power of Jesus in this place, amen. What we need is the presence and the power of Jesus to show up when we meet together like this. What we need is the presence and power of Jesus to show up in our small groups. What we need is the presence and power of Jesus to go with us everywhere we go, into our jobs, into our homes. What we need is the presence and power of Jesus to transform our parenting, to transform how we relate to each other as friends and as neighbors and as family. What we need is the presence and the power of Jesus. So once you come in contact with a presence, once that power moves in your life, it breaks every chain and it shatters every curse. And so I want to ask you today, as the worship team comes back up really quickly, is there anyone, I'm going to take a risk today, and I'm going to invite you to take a risk with me. Is there anyone, Jesus can shatter every curse. And last night I felt this impression so strong when I was getting this download from God. And I felt it again this morning when I was preparing this, this message. I want to give an invitation. And I'm not trying to embarrass or shame or make any spectacle out of anyone. But is there anyone here that feels cursed? I'm not going to invite you to stand, but raise your hand right now. And you're not raising your hand so that we can gawk at you. You're raising your hand because you want to know, God, Jesus, can you do the same thing in my life that you did for Fred, that you did for the demoniac? Can you calm the storm that's in my life, Jesus? I'm inviting you right now. If you feel like there's a curse, like there's a chain on your life, like there's a cloud hanging over you, I'm inviting you now to raise your hand and say, Jesus, I'm raising my hand because of my hunger for you. I'm raising my hand because of my faith in you. If you don't do it, I don't know what will happen. If you don't do it, I don't know where else I'll turn. I'm raising my hand because I need the presence and the power of Jesus. Don't be ashamed this morning. Each one of us needs the presence and power of Jesus. And I felt like God spoke to me last night and this morning again that he's here in this place to break curses off of people's lives. That he's here in this place that if you feel like every time a, a promotion comes up for you or, or every time... Uh, you meet a, a great person that you might be interested in, you know, might be the one, or every time a great, uh, a, a great opportunity comes up, you hear a voice inside of you saying, that's not for you, you're cursed. That's not for you, you don't deserve that. Jesus wants to break and shatter that curse, that chain, and set you free so that you can go and proclaim, just like Fred, the goodness and the mercies of Jesus this morning. So keep your hand raised. I'm going to ask that if you're sitting near a person with their hand raised, that you be a church that shows up right now, put a hand on their shoulder and put your hand towards them and just begin to pray with all your heart that God would come and shatter every curse in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's just begin to pray for some people. Keep your hands up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be nervous. God wants to move with power in his presence and his goodness in this place right now. 
God wants to give you a story, a miracle story, and he wants it to start today in the name of Jesus. Amen? Come on, begin to pray with me right now. Jesus, you are the storm chaser. You chase the storm and you say, calm, be still, peace, be still, silence, be still. So I'm praying for my friends, any storm clouds that have been hanging over their lives, God, that you would speak to these clouds and say, peace, be still. God, you are the one who chased down the Gerasian demoniac. And you said, this is not the man I created you to be. This is not the man that I love. Evil spirits leave. If there are voices that are unhealthy, un, unhealthy, dark, spiritual, evil influences over any of the lives of these people with hands lifted up, Jesus, we're declaring your goodness, your truth. God, break every chain over the lives and hearts of these people here who are lifting their hands saying, Jesus, come break through these things. I don't want to live cursed anymore. I want to live in the blessing of your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. I want to live fully in your gospel today, Jesus, that says you came and you died on the cross for me to take my place. Jesus, your cross is my cross. Jesus, your grave is my grave where my old life and all my curses and all the things and mistakes that I've made and all the shame and sin that I was carrying before God, it went into that grave. And when you rose on the third day, you raised me up to new life in you, Jesus. And as soon as I say, I believe in you, God, my heart comes alive in you, in new life. Jesus, you're the one that had authority and dominion over every sickness, over every disease, over every evil spirit. And so, God, we invite you to come into this place right now. And if there's anyone in this place that came in here shackled, chained up, or feeling cursed, God, we thank you in the name of Jesus that they're going to leave because of your power and your presence here in this place. They're going to leave free in Jesus' name. Free in Jesus' name. We speak freedom in Jesus' name. We speak healing in Jesus' name. We speak wholeness in Jesus' name. We speak, we speak sanity in Jesus' name. Over our thought lives, over our emotions, over our experiences and our history now, Jesus is breaking through and he's declaring, I am the light of the world. You don't have to live in darkness anymore. Come follow the light that leads to life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on all across this place. Let's stand to our feet and begin to worship in this freedom. Begin to worship a God who has all authority to move every mountain, to calm every storm, to say to every evil spirit, speak no more so that we can hear the voice of truth speaking to us that he's our way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, that he's always moving on your behalf. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice, lift your praise, lift the name of Jesus in this place and let's worship.